0: This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish dating stories from people who are locked down in love.
1: In season one, Be My Quarantine, we connect people struggling to find romance in quarantine with people who have been doing long distance and virtual dating since long before lockdown, digital nomads.
0: We cover everything from having a full-on mental breakdown during a romantic kayaking date to refusing to take off a Harry Potter sweatshirt during sex.
1: Yes, each of us did one of those things. Listen until the end to hear the full stories. This is
0: episode 8 of Dating Abroad. Be my carry-on baggage. I'm Ellie.
1: And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional
0: dating stories. In this episode, we've each brought on one of our exes, because we didn't feel like we'd embarrassed ourselves enough on this podcast. (laughs) We've got
1: Casper, who Ellie met in Bali in April 2019 and thought she was so awesome that
0: he moved to Thailand with her three weeks later. And Andrew, who met Kayla when she was living in London in an apartment Andrew constantly referred to as shit. But first, it's time for a video call named Desire.
1: In this segment, we give you a little update on our virtual dating escapades over the past week.
0: Mm -hmm. So, listeners, I feel like I need to tell you something before I give you my update. (laughs) We recorded the last episode about two days ago, (laughs) so I have nothing to report. All I have to report, in fact, is that I had this dream the other night, and... I dreamt that I went on a date with my old French teacher's son. This is my French teacher from like <laughs> year seven. Mm-hmm. And, and in the date, uh, sorry, in the dream, I went on a date with him and we had this like really nice date. I think we had a snog in a hammock. And then I remember after the date in my dream thinking, oh, this is good. I'll have an update for the podcast now. (laughs) And then I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, it was just a dream.
1: (laughs) I love it so much. I love how much you dream of this podcast.
0: I know it's infiltrated literally all aspects (laughs) of my life and consciousness.
1: (laughs) So speaking of allowing this podcast to infiltrate all aspects of life, so yes, we did record the last episode two days ago, and on that episode, I said that I had my first socially distant date planned, and I was exciting, and that there were three guys I was talking to, and I felt like the bachelorette, so in true podcast fashion, I wrangled the other two to agreeing to do socially distant dates with me, and the first one was last night, just so that I would have something to report on
0: at least one of us does
1: yeah uh so I will say the date last night unfortunately he will not be getting a rose he will not be uh continuing on and it really uh, it was a bit of a reality check and just rethinking dating in the pandemic and what I'm comfortable doing in terms of of seeing people Mm. and it honestly feels like even though it was socially distant it feels like meeting in person is similar to having a sex partner before the pandemic and that we can all practice safe sex but if you're having sex there's always a risk and if you're having sex with multiple partners it's a risk and i feel that way now too that you know being socially distanced is somewhat safe especially you know we're outside but there still is a risk and we were kind of walking on a trail and it wasn't always possible to stay the full two meters apart Mm. and I think I had kind of known going into it I mean he was a hard maybe which in reality we all know maybe is a no (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it it really made me kind of rethink this excitement around getting to do the socially distant dates and what kind of risk is involved in that Mm. and so the other two one of them I've been talking to for since lockdown began and we've had A few phone dates and there's definitely a higher level of trust there and a higher level of interest there. So I do still feel comfortable meeting him. Uh, The other one, as I mentioned, I don't remember much Mm. about him. And so all day today, I've kind of been debating whether or not I should still go on that date. And so I've decided that I'm just going to send him a voice note inspired by you, Ellie, just expressing <laughs> kind of how I'm feeling and, and, and my concerns that I don't know him that well. And we're kind of taking the small, quite a small risk, I would say. I mean, it's still within the guidelines of Ontario where I am right now. You are allowed mm. to, to socially see people from a social distance and have a bubble of up to 10 people. Um, which I've not done. I've only seen people from a distance. So it's technically within the safety guidelines, but of course, I mean, so far I've been trying to do more than that because uh, I do think it, you know, it can spread very quickly even though the case numbers are going down. Uh, so I think I'm just going to send him a voice note expressing my concerns and and see how he responds. So maybe we should do another phone call first just to see I think it'll also be a good gauge because if he responds negatively, like if he's dismissive or angry, that's an easy answer.
0: Yeah, definitely. I guess Um, it is quite a good way to weed out people if they can't even be bothered to follow basic safety precautions, then they're probably not someone that you want to have a relationship
1: with. Exactly. And just be willing to talk about
0: yeah around safety as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting how this pandemic is going to impact dating moving forward, but Mm. um, we'll probably save that discussion for another episode. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, without further ado, it is time for our main discussion, Gone with the Wi-Fi. So we introduced them earlier and now they're here. Welcome, Casper and Andrew
2: nice to be here. Hello.
1: So, Casper, why don't you start off by telling us how you and Ellie met?
3: Um, So, we met in typical digital nomad fashion in Bali. It was on Tinder, right? Yeah. Went on a date, got on pretty well, I think. Either got on well or got really drunk.
0: (laughs) We did get quite drunk on the first date. Yeah,
1: tell
3: us more
0: about the first date. Casper had been, that day Casper had been on some sort of like waterfall expedition with his friends and so he turned up and said he was like really tired. Um
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Like got up stupidly early um to go jump off some waterfalls and then came back, got a quick yeah. shower and then yeah, we met at some random or like a place that you knew, I think, or you'd been yeah. to before.
0: In typical digital nomad Bali style, we met at a vegan restaurant in Changgu. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. no, we had like we had a really good first date. I think at that point I had totally become disillusioned with Tinder and thought everyone on there was either sort of like a bromad or a hippie and then casper popped up and he was like he actually seemed like a normal guy so <laughs> i basically locked down the date asap mm-hmm. um because i think i was the one who suggested going on a date and we'd only been chatting for a couple of days and yeah it was good it was a good first date <laughs> so andrew tell us how you and kayla met
2: um similar fashion I mean, Kayla, you have to remind me when it was. It was probably about six, seven years ago now. Am I right? Uh,
0: Um,
1: And that was like five years ago, I think. Was it? I think so.
2: Yeah, probably five years ago. Um, That was on Tinder. I, I remember, you, and you I think you only had one picture on your Tinder, I don't think you had much of a description, I mean, and I remember you were quite, I don't know how to put it, a little bit aloof with your messages, and I thought, ooh, tough crowd. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I, for whatever reason you agreed to go on a date, I'm mm-hmm. quite flattered. We went to Bounce, It's um, a table tennis hall, but it's kind of like a cool one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where like,
2: it's like, you know, quite dark, like UV lighting, beers, um, Who I've never won told that you. that table tennis? Yeah, I was—I was gonna say. I just like—I never told you this before, but I used to play in a table tennis league, and I let you win because I was nice, because I thought that would be nice, as opposed to coming in and smashing it around. I was like, and also I was quite drunk, so I'll put those two factors together, which is why you won. Um, That
0: is controversial, letting her win.
1: Very
2: controversial. I also
0: don't believe it for one
1: second.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it was good fun. You were—you were good laugh. I had a really good time, and. um, I think we yeah so we played at bounce and then I think we went to a, a it was like an old man's pub just over the road mm-hmm. and we just sat in a corner for some reason and it's not as dodgy as it sounds I feel like I came in the women's toilet with you or something <laughs> yeah you, you but did. I can't remember the circumstance you went for we and I just came in to carry on talking to you I was obviously more drunk than I realised <laughs> it, it sounds like that dodgy scene from Top Gun with like Tom Cruise following Kelly McGillis in. But it wasn't anything dodgy, because I just came in and I was chatting for you through the toilet cubicle, wasn't I? Was
1: yeah, yeah, you, that was the exact reason you gave. You were like, I just wanted to keep chatting. <laughs>
0: That's so cute. <laughs>
1: can't believe I agreed to a second
2: date. <laughs> Something weird was, I invited you back to mine at the end of that first date, and it wasn't because I actually want. I genuinely, I didn't actually want to just, I know you never believe us and you probably still don't, it wasn't to sleep with you. It's because we wanted to watch the Lego movie, I really have been wanting to see that for ages, and I wanted to watch it with somebody, and then you refused, so I went home and watched it at like till like two o'clock in the morning, the Lego movie at the end of the day um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it was quite a it was quite a novel first, first day. i I, quite, I, quite did, but I really enjoyed myself so yeah and, and that, that's my, that's my main memory of it
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty accurate on the uh, subject of Um, competitive sports on dates me and Casper went on a bowling date and I am I'm really good at bowling for a girl and I was like with all my exes before Casper I'd always been better at bowling than them and I was convinced I was going to be like super impressive and I did have like one of the best scores I ever got but Casper was like the most ridiculously good bowler in the world it was so annoying.
2: Who suggested I mean, that thing? Because if you're both very good at bowling, somebody obviously suggested it and the other person was like, get in, I'm going I'm to look really good. Here.
3: <laughs> I, I can't remember who suggested it, but in fairness, like that was an anomaly for me. I've never before or since played that well. Oh so. my
0: God, that's even more annoying. What bad luck. <laughs> Rematch.
2: <laughs> Casper, I don't know if you you find Casper, bowling I'm. I'm not very good at bowling over, but I'm always better after I've had a few drinks, and it makes me relax a bit. And I always play better. And there's like this little area, not too drunk, where you play really well after like a few beers. And I don't know if you're the same as me, but that always works for me.
3: Yeah, that's a a known thing. Um, People sort of, or the people I know colloquially, refer to it as the Balmer Peak, named after Mm -hmm. Steve Balmer of Microsoft fame. Um, (laughs) It's 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 a sort of space between drink two and three, where you're like relaxed enough not to let let the nerves get to you, but not like too drunk for it to like inhibit your uh, coordination yeah. performance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's think? it's a known thing. Huh. Ah, there you go.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should have got you drunker then.
1: <laughs> that was your fatal flaw. <laughs> All right. So next question for both of you. So you guys, I think, are both dating or have been dating in the last few years so tell us what it's like to be a man on the apps
2: (sighs) go on do you want to go casper
3: uh yeah sure (laughs) i can go first so i i've always very much seen dating apps as like biased towards women in terms of women have way more success than men uh it's generally kind of i don't know i I don't want to put it in sort of or oversimplify too much um but it's it's kind of the the men vying for the women's attention um and i think or i i've read people talk about it as in like rule number one um be attractive rule number two uh don't be unattractive yeah uh, so i i think it's kind of biased a little bit more towards women in that sense which um if you're an average looking guy um, it makes it a little bit more tricky, I guess. But th- that's all very much wrapped in, in in the context of like why why you use an app like that in the first place. Because it's so heavily skewed towards like aesthetics, it means there is an overwhelming amount of I guess you can't really talk about people in this way, but I was going to say an overwhelming amount of garbage on the app. Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you guys feel the same way about it. Um, absolutely um provided you don't give too much attention to the um to it being kind of uh, a judgment on your aesthetics then it's fine like i've heard other people talking about in the context of crippling for your self-esteem um (laughs) because of the sheer amount of rejection on there (laughs) um but yeah I, i think as long as you use it with a healthy sense of perspective Um, then it can be a really useful tool, Um, which I've definitely
2: found. Yeah, just to echo that, I think it's something that you've got to be able to be comfortable taking rejection um, in terms of not just not getting matched as much. So, I mean, I've actually used, like, just somebody I dated once, she showed me her Tinder and I had a go swiping and almost every guy you went right on immediately came up as a match. And I'm sure, Casper, on dating apps, you know it's not like that poor man. It's like, for every, I don't know, for me, maybe every 20 swipes, maybe only a couple, handful of matches, if that, would even come in, come back. Whereas for her, like, as a joke, I sat there swiping left on everyone for ages, and then I did a right, and it was still a match. So, like, she, she basically had to pick of whoever she but, could choose on the app, almost, that's what it felt so, like. So,
1: can I ask you a question? Sorry to interrupt, because I want you to finish that thought. But, so, what I always hear is that, like, men tend to swipe really indiscriminately, and then see who matches. Whereas, like, women tend to be just, like, pickier in their swipes. Like, I do think it's true that women get a lot more matches than men. But when a woman, yeah. like, when I match with a guy, that's actually no guarantee that he's interested. And I've definitely, like, mm. sent the first message and had someone just unmatch me right away. Yeah,
0: same. Yeah.
2: Maybe you should work on your opening lines, maybe.
1: <laughs> I have fantastic um, opening lines.
2: will <laughs> <laughs> <work> for me. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and I, I, I do think there is, there is a case of that that men, because you get so few matches in return, like Mm. sometimes you do, you look at every profile, you read, you look at all the pictures, you read everything and think, oh, what what shall I do here? And then you'll put a right, but then how often? Nothing
3: happens,
2: yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the time you see a match comes back and a lot of time you cannot remember swiping right on them. And occasionally you do, but a lot of times you think, oh yeah, yeah, I probably did because you've swiped right on quite a lot of people and you've Mm. liked a lot of people on that. Um, And I've used a couple of different apps. Um, Tinder I don't. I, I stopped using to be fair but even the other apps it was a similar outcome some seem to have better odds but generally the ones where you could do a lot of likes in a day I found the success ratio a lot less in terms of getting people to match with
0: and what are some of the like as girls we have these certain sort of stereotypes of different guys who we see on the apps and you can sort of categorise a lot of them into those different stereotypes what are some of the ones that you guys see for girls? And then
1: part two, which stereotype are we?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say one stereotype that is always the left, and, and I always don't like this, is when somebody puts their Instagram on their profile. I just think that's, and that person's like a stereotype. They're just largely there just for followers. Like occasionally I've matched with people who have an Instagram account and like I've chatted and I've dated them and I've met them. But generally that is a bit of a red flag to me because it generally indicates, you know, it, it's a bit of a... They're a a little bit there for attention, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, using it as kind of people who are just on there to kind of um, caress their own ego rather than use it for any meaningful engagement. Um, I sort of, by extension, so you've got the Instagram followers, you've got the the scammers, um, people who put up clearly fake profiles to try and get you to sign up to some sort of, I don't know, fake dating websites or like webcam services. Um, there's the, I don't know, the, the, the monosyllabic people <laughs> um, who, even if they initiate the message, it's usually something like, hey, or hi, um, mm-hmm. or just an emoji, which is like, oh, that's fine, but what the fuck am I meant to do with that? <laughs> um, if you spend enough Uh, maybe it's a bit depressing to say it in this way but if you spend enough time on it you start knowing which or you get a pretty good sense of which profiles are real and which are not worth your time does that make sense Mm yeah
0: so yeah what were your first impressions of our tinder profiles and
1: it was my very first time on tinder i think when i met
0: Andrew, was it? Yeah, was it? Yeah. Oh, we wow. time on
2: any app, yeah. I, I mean, you, you, I don't think you put a bio in, did you? I, I think you maybe had one sentence. No bio, had,
0: Kayla. That I'm is sure not I,
1: cool. I'm sure I said something, but like, I didn't know how it worked. It seemed dodgy. Like this was like five years ago. <laughs> I was like, I'm not telling these strangers on the internet about me. <laughs> <laughs> you <didn't
2: laughs> only have picture. I think it was possibly you in a red dress. I can't quite remember now. But it was like just one solitary picture, and that's, that's all I had to go on. So. To me, with not much of a buy on one picture, and I don't know if you found the same, case, but it does sound like a scam account. So I was quite so. Was like, mm. But then you came back and you started replying, and then I thought, oh course, obviously, doesn't feel like a scam. <laughs> At least I still think that. Um. Oh. So yeah, and that was I, mean, so I don't. I haven't got much to go on, Ellie, in terms of what I saw on your Tinder profile. there <laughs> it wasn't really much going on. on, on, so on I was Ellie. like
1: a potential scam, basically.
2: Basically,
3: yeah. <laughs> 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 um for Ellie I think it was uh and like especially in the context of where we were uh and Bali which is like filled with um models basically like everyone on tinder there is or could be a model Um, oh so
0: I stood out from that
3: (laughs) (laughs) in in the sense that so so I was seven out
0: of ten you know (laughs)
3: Sorry, let me rephrase that because that came out a little bit wrong. Um, <laughs> she didn't seem vacuous. That's not um, true. like, yeah. And the, the, the stuff on your profile was interesting. Um, you had a really interesting backstory. Um, yeah, uh, looked really cute in your pictures. So, uh,
1: cool.
0: Okay, you've redeemed yourself. <laughs> Um, do you know
1: that? So my first boyfriend in high school told me once that he really liked me because he didn't want to date someone that was like super hot. He wanted to date <laughs> someone that just like was like normal.
3: Cool. That's like, like, Ouch. It's, it's not, like that like entry level negging.
1: <laughs> it was, but like I didn't know negging was a thing then, so I was just like that
0: was a weird thing to say. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Okay, so we're gonna move on to the next question. Um, So Casper is a nomad. So Casper, we wanted to ask you, how has your dating life changed since becoming a nomad? What are the pluses and minuses um, compared to when you were sort of living in London, for example?
3: It has its upsides and downsides. It kind of it I feel it largely depends on where you are. I and this is in the context of me generally struggling with dating in London. I feel like people are much more I don't know what the right word is sort of much more insular in London mm-hmm. um than they can be in other places which makes um dating particularly tricky as a nomad it's the the people who have ended up going on dates with have largely been non-nomads um okay. I think like, unless you're massively actively social within the nomad circles, which I'm not particularly, um, I think I didn't end up seeing that many other nomads on any of the dating apps, basically. Um, So it, it would end up being people who were either in a place for a slightly longer period of time, but not necessarily a nomad. Mm-hmm. or uh, people who are just traveling through, like tourists, basically. Um, the upside is there is generally more people who are interested in talking. Um, the downside is it's really difficult to build anything meaningful, basically, off the back of that.
0: Yeah, that, well, that kind of leads on to one of the other questions we were going to ask you, that mm-hmm. um, about dating non-nomads... As a nomad, what what are the challenges of that? Because I know you have sort of dated some non-nomads for for a while.
3: Yep, um, and I am currently as well.
0: Oh, exciting! Ooh, wow, you seen an insight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what are the challenges of that, and also the positives?
3: I mean, it is definitely nice to have a sense of stability. I think for me now obviously you know i'm in australia kind of writing out the um lockdown yeah I, I think it's nice having a little bit more consistency um especially after having kind of done the nomad thing for a couple of years you you do definitely or for me anyway i definitely miss a sense of balance that's something like or like a good healthy Relationship can provide, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and yeah, like I think unless you're incredibly lucky um, and find someone who's as free in terms of where they want to go and and what they're trying to do with their nomad lifestyle, um, it's kind of impossible uh, to make it work on a longer term. I think unless you made the decision to go nomad together and Mm -hmm. knew each other from before,
0: yeah, it's hard to find like a nomad who nomads the same way as you, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's true.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because I think everybody has different places they want to go to. Um, yeah, you know, friends mm. in different places. Um, you know, some people might be, you know, super keen on doing South America. Other people are much more interested in Southeast Asia or um, Asia in general. So it's kind of um, to find somebody who has the same interests, wants to go to the same places, and is at the same point in their life is is incredibly rare, I think.
0: Yeah, totally. But then dating a non-nomad, if you sort of decided you wanted to go off to South America, how would that work in that scenario?
3: It probably wouldn't, unless you meet somebody who's very accommodating, then you can't really make it work. It's either one or the other. I
1: that's how I see it. Uh, so to yeah. get... Oh, sorry, were you finished? Oh, yeah. <laughs> finished. <laughs> um, so to get the flip side of that, so Andrew is a muggle, which is what we call non-nomads, <laughs> but like Andrew, I feel like it's just very muggly anyways. <laughs> um, so tell us how your dating life has changed since lockdown and have you done any virtual dates since lockdown or are you just taking a break or what is what's it been like what's
2: happening so as we went into lockdown well, as it was all, as it was all starting so what back in march or so in this, in, in England anyway mm-hmm. we um so I, I had just been on a couple of dates with somebody um i was i was kind of undecided um and then so she, she we were discussing it. and then when it so when it all kicked off i was like okay i'm going to follow these initially suggested social distancing guidelines and then she got really quite frustrated at me because I wouldn't kiss her and get physical Mm. um and she took it as like me being offensive towards her and I was like it's nothing to do with that um it's because I'm following these what the government's saying we should do just till I know a bit more what's happening she just wasn't having it um so kind of as a result we had to start we had to well i called things off because she reacted really negatively towards it and it wasn't a slight on her in the slightest um it was a little bit but it just wasn't working for me then and once she got quite angry with me, i was like okay that's it like, we're done so, so when i went back onto the um yeah the so I, I did like a um so in terms of so i did some virtual dates one of them so we had like a video chat initially and i don't know my wi-fi at my flat is was terrible at the time it was awful and I couldn't understand a single word she said. So the whole time she was talking, I couldn't see her picture. I couldn't really hear her, it kept cutting out every 15 <laughs> seconds, but for her, her picture she said was absolutely smooth. She could hear me fine. And so she was asking me questions and I was just staying back at the camera smiling. <laughs> so, and I was thinking, oh, this is terrible. So after half an hour, I was like, look, this is, uh, I've got to go, I made an excuse. And, or maybe at half an hour, 45 minutes, then we, we stopped. And I thought, well, that was a complete disaster. Um, but then she's like, well, I'd like to have another one. How about we do a, um, a cookery date? So I was like, okay. So she chose a recipe. Um, we made a crab risotto. So we agreed to actually meet in the day just to exchange some recipes. So she bought some bits, I bought the crab, and, we, and I bought, actually, that was it. So I bought, I went to the shop and I bought a suitable paired wine to go with our meal. And I bought two bottles so we could have a drink virtually and share the same wine. So we actually mm-hmm. met them before our second date, very briefly. Had a very quick socially distanced walk and exchanged wine and the and the foods. and then uh, yeah so that evening then we yeah, we had our uh, we had our second virtual date which was a cookery so we just set up our cameras in the kitchen and just started cooking together and she had the recipe and she was telling me okay so now add the risotto add the crab add this spice and seasoning. Um, and that, the, the connection was fine and we had a really good time, I, I really enjoyed myself So that, that actually worked out really mm-hmm. well in the
1: end That's really cute, that's better than any virtual date I have been on yet <laughs> <Right>. really?
2: Really? <laughs> well, She suggested it, so there you go, something for you to suggest is a, <laughs> a cookie thing She admitted, actually had yeah, googled a few ideas and thought that sounded like a good fun one to do And I thought it was, I thought it was a great idea, I was, like, <laughs> I, thought, well, I was kind of a bit apprehensive thinking could this be quite weird But no, it was, mm-hmm. it was good fun And you get an insight into somebody's, I don't know, see how tidy they are in the kitchen, like Obviously, when I set the camera up, I tidied up everything on that side of the camera. The other side was completely messy. But <laughs> <laughs> you've got to give a good image of yourself. I think after that, then we actually started meeting up in person. So uh, in turn, that was the only virtual dates we we did. I mean, we, we we pondered doing some others, but like I think we did some online bingo as well, which was also Ooh. good fun. But yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's it's good. I think I think we've just got to, as of everybody, you've got to adapt to to our situation at the moment. And uh, yeah, and I think because some people i think are happy just to meet up i I, I, was, I remember talking to somebody and she's like i'm just not taking any notice of social distancing i can't be bothered of all this i just want to and i just wasn't comfortable meeting because i was thinking okay mm. she's probably being on another yeah. date with people
1: yeah you you
2: know, probably get um, COVID." exactly and and that's it and i just thought if she's going on other dates with other people she is just not going to be social distancing she's obviously meeting people who are obviously of the same opinion and that's not just going to be for dates, just in everyday life, probably. And I thought that's just too high risk. And so, yeah, mm. so, uh, I, I, would, I stopped talking to them.
0: Mm. Yeah, know. we've been talking about that, haven't we, Kayla? About how dating is just, it's so much more of a risk now and how that just mm. sort of changes how dating works now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I went on a socially distant walk last night and now I'm like, actually, I kind of wish I hadn't because it was a little, I mean, even though we were as distant as we could, it still's... Has some risk, and I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be into it before.
2: Well, I think before, and I know I've been of that opinion like a few years ago. You would happily meet somebody if you weren't hundred percent sure, sort of mm-hmm. thing. You're like, oh, I'm not sure, like, but I'll do it anyway. What harm mm-hmm. can just a drink or two right. do? You know, and it's fine. But now you think you got to you got to choose a bit more wisely, and you can you can afford to be a bit more a bit more picky. Mm. and that's not a bad thing at all I think it's probably a good thing if anything and you spend yeah. your wine, your time more wisely and you're saving a lot of money as well as so yeah,
1: yeah um, we've talked about that also and how like I mm. was always doing like a phone call before a date but actually I
0: kind of like that screening process mm. now mm. yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. Okay, so to go a bit back to the, to the nomad thing, on this podcast we've talked quite a lot about how things can get pretty intense pretty quickly when you meet someone on the road. Casper and I, for example, moved in together after about three weeks and Kayla I think you you're you guys it was quite intense at the beginning as well
1: yeah even though I was living in the UK was on a temporary visa I was also just out of another relationship so I feel like that made things just a little bit different and I think we yeah we just emotionally opened up to each other I think a lot earlier than I usually would because of that
0: yeah so our question for both of you is when when things Got intense quickly what was that like from your point of view like what was hard about it and if there were any <laughs> what were the positives
2: so I, I think with with Kayla and I we um so initially I mean I wasn't aware and I'm obviously I'm aware now but I mean I, I think for the first few days I wasn't aware that Kayla was fresh out of a relationship it, it, we never got onto that, that actual subject very um, specifically I'm
1: pretty sure that I told you that after the first date before the second date I
3: uh, did you? Oh, you remember that.
1: that whole long text conversation
3: oh yeah so, no, <laughs> I, I've oh, sorry um,
2: yeah, you're right you did tell me it was the first date I didn't realize which is fine because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the sort of thing you would bring up on the first day. no you mm-hmm. did and then the second date the second date you came to mind to watch the Lego movie didn't you that makes <laughs> so. I again <laughs> yeah. so I mean I wasn't quite sure of your exact your exact circumstance if I'm being honest but then mm-hmm what I did notice pretty early on is you were very not heavy emotionally like you were saying oh I'm really into you," anything like that but you really opened up about personal things and I'm not this not not saying good or bad I don't think there's any such thing as good or bad as personal like feelings but your personal circumstance you, you proper opened up about it and it was nice to actually for me I think it's good I mean you know, being British, we don't actually—you know—we don't talk about our feelings and emotions. We're quite—we keep things to ourselves. And for me, I quite—and and that kind of frustrates me at times. So it was nice to actually have somebody who, who you could properly open up to and not actually feel judgment. So for me, that was a big positive, and and I enjoyed that side of actually dating with you, Kayla, um, which I don't think you—you—you you, you have a stereotypical assumption that you don't get it from British British people. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, that really worked on a lot of levels.
1: I like that. I kind of, I kind of enjoy, even though, like, I don't do it unless I am in an emotionally weird place. It is, it is kind of nice to have that, that connection, earlier on.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it is. Um, because sometimes it can get a bit, I don't know, tiresome dancing around certain subjects and mm. and issues. And it's nice sometimes just to get straight to the point and just open up what you think, what you feel, what does and doesn't work for you and sometimes it's just nice to get to get to it um but it, you've got to have two parties who are willing to have those sort of conversations obviously it's no good if any one of you is like that
1: yeah
2: um, so yeah and I think we got into our, I mean, our routine maybe not the right word but we sort of knew each other and what worked for us pretty pretty early on I think didn't we
1: yeah, man, it's interesting because talking about that dance, like I've definitely dated people for a lot longer, but it's like, oh, we see each other once a week and we do a planned activity and like we're slowly getting to know each other, but I feel like I know you better even though we dated for a much shorter time.
2: Yeah, it's true.
3: I think it's, it's definitely a much more intense way of getting to know somebody. And you, yeah, it, I think there's very much no room for bullshit in a situation like that it's very much like okay here this is me if you like it awesome if not then that's okay too i'll go somewhere else (laughs) um i I think on uh, my take on the the whole situation is it's um it's very it can be quite intense um and i think that intensity is something that i ended up struggling with a fair bit um -hmm. i think especially coming at it from the nomad side you you kind of go from this situation in which you have you, you kind of have complete freedom over your own time um you have your own space you have your own everything to then by the nature of the lifestyle kind of jumping in completely at the other end of the spectrum and living together which i think because that process happens so quickly it can be quite difficult to adjust to Mm. um and I I know that's something I struggled with a little bit
0: yeah me too and I think because we'd both been single for quite a while um I think we'd both broken up with our kind of long-term relationships like a few years before and we dated in between that time but hadn't lived with anyone and then suddenly after a few years of being single and having that freedom and independence and then suddenly sharing a room with someone that was <laughs> that was tough <laughs> i mean there were definitely positives but yeah it was it was intense
2: how how come you both moved in together after three weeks is that like was that proper planned or was it just it just seemed convenient
3: for the time or
0: looking it back was... it probably wasn't the best thing we could have done <laughs>
3: No. <laughs> um i think the the discussion went as far as oh hey so i'm going to thailand with a couple of friends for six weeks do you want to come and stay in our villa yeah um, and that was kind of it and i think i was like yeah sure why not <laughs> uh, <and> yeah
0: <laughs> i don't think we put uh, that much thought into it really yeah. it just no. seemed like a fun idea <laughs>
1: I mean, I think it's interesting as a nomad because I think if you're a non-nomad, having the moving in discussion is a really big discussion because someone literally needs to pack a moving van of their stuff mm. and move into someone else's home. Whereas if you're a nomad and you're both constantly moving, it doesn't feel like that big of a shift to be like, oh, we're both leaving our places to go to the same location. Like, why would we rent two places when we're going to spend most of the nights together anyways kind of thing? Yeah. yeah.
3: I guess that's the thing, like, as, as a nomad, you stop becoming too emotionally attached to any one place, which makes that mm. kind of decision much less of a deal, so it's like, it's literally, yeah. as I kind of described, it's a short discussion of, do you want to come? It's like, yeah, that sounds great, and, like, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, moving to a new country.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. In hindsight, maybe we should have thought of it as a slightly bigger deal than, it, than, than, it, than that. But, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I feel like it both is and isn't a big deal. Because it's kind of like easy in, easy out. Because then like, when you move to a new place, you can choose to go separate ways. Mm. It's weird. Like I was really happy when that guy came to Ecuador for me to meet me. I was really happy that we had separate apartments, and the but the only reason that I managed to swing it that way, because he wanted to stay together, but I was teaching yoga at a hostel, so I had, like, a staff accommodation there, and it was, like, mm-hmm. a room in a shared house, so I was, like, oh, yeah, like, I can't really bring someone in, but I was so happy in the end that, that we had that separation. Yeah.
0: Okay, so um, another thing we've talked about a lot on the podcast is friendship and how important it is not to expect your romantic partner to fulfil all your needs. Um, so what what are you guys' thoughts on this?
3: I completely agree. <laughs> um, I I think having been in a situation in the past or in previous relationships where you kind of for a variety of different reasons you end up losing yourself to the relationship a little bit um and you you very much lose your sense of self your sense of individuality so kind of where i am now looking back at those previous experiences it's made me realize that it's actually really important to have your own friends have your own hobbies have your own space to do your own thing um i think it's it's really healthy in a relationship to to be able to retain your own hobbies and interests um, outside of the context of the uh, relationship.
2: I think when I was younger, for for definite, when I first started out, and I'm sure a lot of us are the same, I was very, um, I was almost very like dependent, a lot on on partners. And I hated the idea of being single. And as I grew up, I, I mean, I realized that soon after, it just wasn't, it's just not a healthy way to be. And I think now I'm more of the opinion that to be with a partner, it's not like that's worth it. It's not like they need that I need them there to be like a part of me. I just want them to almost like, almost like complement my lifestyle and myself as a person, as opposed to being really dependent that I need somebody by my side. Um, mm. And it's about being com- being comfortable and accepting of being on your own and alone essentially. And, and that's what, and that's what I've become. So I, I, I realized having a spell of being single for two or three years, I thought. And I needed it, and this is this is probably seven years ago or so now. I think up two or three years. And I thought, you know what, well, I actually like me. I like being me and I like being myself. So if I do meet somebody now, it's somebody that's gonna come into my life and compliment me really really well. And I think that was really an important process I needed to go through. And it's something I mm-hmm. maybe I wish I'd done maybe a few years earlier, but I'm glad I come to that conclusion because I still see a lot of people who still I think are not like that and they need they f- and they always feel like they have to have somebody by their side to make them a whole person and they probably need to realize they probably don't
0: yeah, yeah. wow it's really nice to hear guys talking about this in such mm. a mature way i love it
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so what is in terms of that comment is it something that females quite happily will talk about that and like men are a bit more i don't know like hold back their feelings and emotions on it you mean or
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously you guys don't listen to our friendship episode, uh, episode five of Dating Abroad, (laughs) Um, but we, we talk about it a lot. And I think, I mean, this is again, kind of a generalization, but I mean, I know that with my friends that are women, women tend to, in my experience, tend to have bigger emotional support networks. So I tend to be as emotionally intimate with my closest friends as I would be with a romantic partner. And I don't know that I've dated somebody that has that same support network and that same level of intimacy with their friends Um, and I don't know if that's just the guys I'm finding or if that's a bit of a gendered thing I don't really
0: know but that's yeah just been my experience yeah I agree with that and my experience Mm -hmm. as well
2: yeah I think there's a degree of I don't want to say toxic masculinity but there's, there's that thing and I know of some friends I don't open up a lot about I don't want to use the expression mental health, but you, you don't open up about things that are quite personal to you and, and affect you. And, and, it, and I think that's possibly like a, a masculinity thing. Um, mm. And sometimes I do with friends, and I do notice myself occasionally being almost a little bit uncomfortable having those conversations, mm. um, which I shouldn't do because it's completely a normal part of human life. But occasionally I find myself like, oh, this is a bit weird talk, talking like this with one of, my, one of my mates, you know, one of the lads. You know, <laughs> In it, it, conversation, you're, you're, you're quite necessarily that, accustomed to i don't know that might you might be right that might well be a male thing and i can understand why it would be
0: Mm, yeah Mm. so um just one more question um i had put in this question that i wondered if you guys were still looking for love but i know now that casper is dating a non-nomad and i don't know andrew if you're still dating any of those girls that you mentioned
2: i am still dating the person i had the virtual cookery date with oh nice we are are still dating we've probably so we've now met up in person we decided in in terms of meeting in person there's always that concern i think that you would because you're socially distancing would you be able to build up any chemistry Mm. um because you know you're keeping apart you're not touching so she recently revealed on like when we met up i think possibly for the i think it's for the first time she Touch my face just as like a like a joke she took like like a swipe at me almost and touch my face and I just thought that was her we we're just mucking around and she just forgot about social distancing she mm. revealed afterwards she actually did that as if to say well I've touched your face now you're actually now all clear to kiss me if you wanted to I didn't pick <laughs> up on a signal at all but Anyway, <laughs> that's typically to me <laughs> totally missed it um so we didn't kiss on that day so we um so we we met we met a handful of times and then I think we came to a discussion right right okay this is we don't know how long this lockdown is going to go on for we need to make a decision so we decided we would start bending the social distancing rules we had in this country and we just came to that conclusion we had a proper, we had a serious chat on it and said right look, we want to kiss we want to get physical now we've been on a handful of dates so let's just this is what and we we came to an agreement on it which I think was an important thing to do because I didn't want to seem disrespectful because and like because if she was really following it strictly and I just went in for a kiss or something that could look like hold on steady on so we had a discussion on it and it's very odd to have that discussion be- beforehand like oh I'm okay to kiss you and have that message over like telephone or whatever but we mm-hmm. just said yeah okay <laughs> sensible. times have changed and, and that's what we agreed on it yeah it worked out well so yeah we're now dating I can't really say normally because I mean we were saying the other day we're kind of doing it the other way around as laws as rules are lifted in this country you can now start like going out to places together so at the beginning we almost started with the netflix and chill and now we're going back to oh let's soon we can go for a drink and have a cocktails or whatever like, <laughs> we're doing, we're doing mm-hmm. the other way around now so it's it's kind of a bit of a it's it's, it's kind of a different way of doing it but it's working mm-hmm. well so fun.
1: So. all right well do you have then any tips for people who are in lockdown <laughs> trying to date <laughs>
2: I mean, like I just said, I think it's good to make it clear exactly what sort of social distancing people want to follow. And, you know, if mm-hmm. if people want to like bend the rules a bit, I think you've got to be obviously sure that you can, you can trust that they're being responsible at the same time. I know it's kind of a contradiction mm-hmm. there, but I think it's good to have it clear what your purpose is as well, which is the same for dating at any time, regardless on dating apps. I think it's always good to know what you both want out of it and what you're willing to do, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's I think that's be my most important thing that I'd want to follow
3: anyway.
0: How about you, Casper? What's the situation with this um non-nomad girl?
3: Going really well. I'm I'm really happy. It's kind of a really I don't know, like a really healthy and mature relationship, which is honestly really nice. Really nice to be. And the the downside for me now is I'm kind of Uh, stuck in the the crappy visa situation Um, so I'm I'm on a bridging visa at the moment awaiting to hear whether they're gonna extend my tourist visa here in Australia I mean obviously I'm largely staying because I want to spend more time with her I kind of justify that situation in my head because Australia is also way safer than Europe uh, in terms of coronavirus (laughs) infection rates yeah Um, but that sounds way less romantic um (laughs) so yeah it's it's more a situation of um want to stay longer but don't know if they'll let me
0: okay and did you have the same sort of conversations as andrew had with virtual cookery girl in terms of social distancing dating and that sort of thing what your boundaries were and what rules
1: you wanted to follow
3: No, mainly because we started dating before the coronavirus stuff happened. Um, So I came to Australia October last year, um, met her in Melbourne, first time around. Then we did a weekend up near... Oh, is um, she the Spanish
0: uh, girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, So we met a couple times after that. We did a two-week camper van trip around uh, the South Island in New Zealand. So, yeah, we knew each other relatively well already before Mm -hmm. lockdown. So it it was almost, it was, it was almost not a discussion in the sense of, well, yeah, of course we'll get our own place together to kind of weather out lockdown. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, there hasn't really been much if any friction during that process. Um, My only advice I guess would be try and find somebody before a, uh, viral outbreak that we can with
1: got <laughs> a plan for these things people <laughs> yeah. and um, final bonus question why should people become our patrons or patrons of this podcast
3: because I think in general it's it feels like it's a topic that not or in my experience not that many people really talk about The it's I think when people approach the digital nomad world it's from a very romanticized angle i think mm-hmm. it's all the you know instagram beach shots um and like oh look at me hashtag living my best life um not a lot of people talk about the practicalities and the the everydays um that go into it it's they're important and useful discussions to be having
0: and we will be having those on our Patreon, for sure. <laughs> yeah, bonus content. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely important that we all address almost like they're not, to. Tab- I mean, they are the taboo subjects and they shouldn't be taboo subjects, but they are. And I think it's good to realise that, I don't know, life isn't always like a fairy tale in these sort of things and you've got to face up, but sometimes you do have some tough decisions and scenarios to take on.
1: Awesome, well thank you guys so
0: much for agreeing to this.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: That was like pretty painless actually. Yeah.
2: What were you expecting? Were you you gonna be like sweat, like tears and like um,
1: Oh, that was so much less
0: painful than I thought it was going to be. I know! I was expecting, like, loads of embarrassing stories to come up, but they were so sweet!
1: They were lovely. I was (laughs) like, oh yeah, I remember why I liked this person.
0: Yeah. Not an awful human being. (laughs) And actually, one of my favourite moments was at the end when they were so lovely about the podcast. Yeah, it was so sweet. (laughs) I did think it's quite funny that they're both in relationships now and we're still single.
1: (laughs) I know. And I feel like Andrew has kind of like been mostly in relationships since we stopped seeing each other. And I've been single almost for that entire time. (laughs) What are we doing
0: wrong? Is it
1: us? Are we the
0: problem? Maybe. Nah. Um, I thought Casper made an interesting point, actually, but I hadn't necessarily thought about that much when he was talking about it potentially being easier to date a non-nomad as a nomad than it is for two nomads to date each other because it's so difficult to find another nomad who wants to travel and live in exactly the same way as you. Yeah,
1: I think that that's true. So, I mean, my last long-term relationship, he was semi-nomadic. I mean, we met while nomading and then became had a semi-base together. And yeah, it was very difficult because we wanted to do different things and go different places, even though we both wanted to travel probably a similar amount. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I mean, I think going back to episode four when we spoke with Angie, she has a she's a very good example of a relationship between a nomad and a non-nomad. But then Casper also said, you know, if he wanted to jet off, it wouldn't work. So, I mean, we didn't yeah. really get into it because it's a bit out of the scope of this podcast, but or of this episode, anyways. If he would, you know, give up his nomadic lifestyle to be with someone, or how that would work.
0: Yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting as well, and I kind of wanted to push that point a bit, but we only have so much time <laughs> for each episode and like you said I do feel like that was addressed quite well in Angie's episode which was episode four
1: yeah and just yeah. as there are many ways to nomad, there are many ways to be in a relationship but I think that's something we're going to get more in depth to in later
0: episodes definitely subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but just one more thing that I thought was interesting I mm. thought what um andrew was talking about about setting boundaries and agreeing on those boundaries when you're dating someone in this sort of pandemic time was really interesting and mm. that's just going to change how we date in the future possibly for the better
1: yeah definitely i mean i think it even goes back to my video call name desire update with thinking more about that who I'm going to interact with and what those boundaries are and setting those right from the beginning I think is is probably healthy but we don't do it because it's kind of scary to do
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah now we'll be pushed into it and I feel like people have been pushed into a lot of things during lockdown Mm -hmm. that maybe they had been wanting to do before but hadn't quite had the courage to do not necessarily with dating but with businesses and with mm-hmm. working for yourself and maybe that's a similar story with dating too
1: yeah for sure and I think we're gonna I mean now it's been three months and I think we're gonna talk about this a lot more in a couple of weeks when we do episode 10 and and have a bit of discussion around what things in the world of dating we're gonna bring with us once lockdown is over
0: yeah I'm looking forward to that one hmm But in the meantime, it is time for our next segment, The Scarlet Text.
1: So this is a book I just finished reading a few days ago that I'm going to recommend, and I absolutely loved it. I got the audiobook, which I also recommend, and it was so funny. So it's called Dear Girls by Ali Wong. And Ali Wong is a very famous American stand-up comedian. She has some stand-up specials on Netflix. I'm just not a big stand-up fan. I prefer... Uh, reading a book or watching a sitcom, for example, rather than stand-up. So, I mean, I, I had listened to some of her shows and thought it was funny, but just because I'm not a huge fan of stand-up as a medium, I, I didn't think about it beyond that. Um, but decided to get her books out on the library and grab the audiobook, and it was so good. It was so funny. I am converted to a super fan, and <laughs> <laughs> there's um, – a lot to relate to, I think, for both nomads and non-nomads, anybody that's dating. So the setup of it is she is writing a book to her daughters who are young now. I think they're both under 10 now uh, for when they're older, kind of a, a guide to life, but talks about her dating life and how she met her now husband and what that was like. And standing out to me is the chapter when she talks about going to to Vietnam. So she's American, but her father is Chinese and her mother is Vietnamese. And in university, she did a semester abroad in Vietnam, which is where I came from just before lockdown. So it was mm-hmm. fun to hear her talk about it. And she just talked about, you know, trying to date this guy in her program and like breaking into his room to read his journal. <laughs> It, like, says in the journal, like, I really like Allie. She's really cute and funny, but, like, she's so hairy because she wasn't, like, shaving her legs or armpits.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very relevant to our discussions and just to, like, my life in general. <laughs> um, they did end up dating briefly, though, and are still friends, which um, made me think a lot of this episode and that they have kind of, even though it didn't work out for them, they have kind of that special moment of of that time in Vietnam, and I think they ended up meeting again later when they were both in Vietnam. Uh, which was quite cool yeah it was just such a funny book great advice on dating great advice on relationships and that sounds
0: awesome I'm definitely going to download that I need a new book on my kindle yeah highly recommend it was so good <laughs> cool. okay so at the beginning of this episode as always we gave two well we gave two little cliffhanger stories this time <laughs> so now it's time to reveal who did what <laughs>
1: I can go first because, I mean, there's not much more to my story than we said at the beginning. Uh, this will be no surprise to anyone that knows me that my story was the Harry Potter sweatshirt one. And it was it was with Andrew. So both of our stories are, are to the boys we, we had on this week. And as mentioned, he really didn't like my apartment. And it was, like, quite drafty in my apartment. And he was there. And I don't know. I just, like, didn't want to take off the sweater. And he was like, yeah, whatever you want. And uh, it really endeared him to me. <laughs>
0: I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was the one who had a full-on mental breakdown during a romantic kayaking date. This was again—it's not there's not much to the story really. Um, We were this was when Casper and I were sharing a villa in Copenhagen Mm -hmm. and living on top of each other, um, and probably that getting a bit intense. So we decided to have a romantic kayaking date. But I was just in one of those days where everything in the world was annoying me. I was just, I was in the foulest, foulest mood and I really didn't want to be because we were going on this like really nice date but I just couldn't snap myself out of it. So anyway, we went kayaking, got into the middle of the sea and he loves diving and snorkeling and I can do snorkeling but I freak out even if I'm in a good mood um (laughs) so I was in this level of high anxiety and I was like no it's okay he loves snorkeling we can do snorkeling so I was like yeah I can do this and got in the sea and just like completely freaked out and so (laughs) we just had to cut the date short and go to the shore because I just couldn't cope with life Mm -hmm. um i mean he was really lovely about it and we ended up like going to a nice beach and having quite a nice afternoon but Mm. god don't you hate those moments when you just can't snap snap out of that horrendous mood yeah
1: i know exactly what you mean yeah it's actually a very cute story though So that concludes this episode. Make sure you tune in next week. It's going to be one of our final episodes of the season. And we're going to keep sharing some more interesting lockdown and nomad unconventional dating stories and ideas. Have a wild dating story? Send us an email to datingabroadnomads at gmail.com. Or if you want to set one of us up on a virtual date, we'd we'd be up for that too. We may or may not include clips of it for our patrons.
0: And just FYI, guys, no one has set us up on a virtual date yet, and we're a bit disappointed about that. We're waiting,
1: because season one is almost over. so (laughs)
0: Yeah, we need something to share in the next episode. (laughs) But anyway, you can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash datingabroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits start from just $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air, to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. We have three lovely patrons at the moment, Lucy, Abigail, and Kiwi. And we're going to tell exactly the same limerick <laughs> as last time because we haven't got any <laughs> new patrons.
1: And as mentioned, it was only two days ago, but maybe I'm going to throw in a, lo- a little improv thing at the end.
0: Oh, so. okay. Excited. wait for
1: it, right? Okay. There once was a girl from Toronto who became our patron pronto. She was joined by a nomad, who is definitely not a bromad.
0: And we'll all be a family like the Sopranos. Then came a girl called Kiwi, who listens to our podcast in Germany.
1: And we hope to get more patrons. What rhymes with patrons?
0: <laughs> that was awesome, Kayla. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> and we hope to get more patrons, and then learn more words that rhyme with patrons.
0: Patrons?
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah. We hope to get more patrons, whether you're a gent or a matron. And, Brilliant. Uh, yeah. The the limerick will only continue the longer this goes on. <laughs> Please help us by becoming a patron so that we can make it about a real person and not uh, what
0: I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Kayla, prepare it before our next time. <laughs>
1: I should be in rap battles, probably, right?
0: (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not.
1: (laughs) Our lovely music that you can hear right now is by the wonderful Vietnamese sound artist, Lee Trung. Visit her website at lietrong.bandcamp.com.
0: I feel like you really pulled it back there with the description of her. Our amazing logo is by (laughs) Samina, who is on Instagram at Samina Scribbles.
1: We're also on Instagram, dating underscore A underscore broad. And you can find us on Facebook at Dating Abroad Nomads.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: And we'll see you next time.